the best health care is there in ways big and small. There when we most and least expect it. We may not see it, but we feel it. It lets us know we're not in this alone. Everyone deserves a health care partner who never quits. One who's there for what matters. United Healthcare, there for what matters. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Financially Fit Podcast. I am your host, Andre Creighton, and I'm excited to be with you all here today. Happy New Year for those that are new. Uh, For those that are returning, you know, thank you for continuing to rock with me, and hopefully you are well on your way to becoming financially fit. Uh, For those that are new, welcome to the podcast. You know, I am excited in 2024 to expand on a lot of the things that I talked about in 2023, right? Uh, on, on how to help you all become more financially fit. Uh, one thing I wanted to be more intentional about this year is I've been doing a lot of uh, reading in the Washington uh, Post, uh, and I've you know looked over Barrons and a few other publications. So I want to be able to touch on some of the things that they're talking about in our economy and the state of our economy today, right? Um, so today, uh, what I want to talk about is a little bit about uh, Basel, uh, the in-game uh, proposal. And essentially what that is, is regulators are requiring that banks potentially might have to keep more than 20% more capital on hand. And what I want to talk to you today about is what that means for us as borrowers, right, and our borrowing power, what that means for individuals that are trying to go out and purchase their first home, right? Um, And as I always say, I like to start out, you know, uh, this podcast by talking about, you know, things that are happening in my life, right, and how I can kind of touch on, you know, some of the things that I'm doing from a a financial standpoint on my journey to becoming financially fit. And, you know, as I, I, I always say that, you know, your financial journey is much like your uh, many people's physical journey, right? Uh, you don't get abs overnight. You don't get the big biceps overnight. Uh, it truly is being maniacal every day towards your goals. And the more that you do that over and over day after day, Uh, you then will start to see those abs surface, right? And the same holds true with your financial journey. The more that you pour into your goals from a financial standpoint, the more that you'll start to see yourself start to get to uh, your end goal of being financially fit. So let's hop hop in. So uh, my wife and I, uh, we are looking to potentially move. Uh, We're looking to potentially sell our home and find somewhere that's a little closer to the Twin Cities. We're kind of on the outskirts, about an hour away from the Twin Cities, and we're looking to get a little bit closer. Uh, And the reason why this is important is uh, about a week ago, we saw a house uh, actually in Coon Rapids, so just outside of, uh, you know, St. Paul, Minneapolis, and it was beautiful. I mean, truly turnkey, right? Uh, 
And it had only been on the market two days. We reached out to our realtor and said, hey, we'd love to go see this house. You know, if it, if, if it makes sense and we like the house and it's the pictures hold true, we'd like to go ahead and put an offer down in the home, right? So our real estate agent gets back to us and he's like, well, uh, it's been on the market two days. It's super hot. Uh, right now there's kind of a bidding war going on and the owners have said that they want every offer by tonight at 6 p.m. So I was sitting there thinking like, you know, we were hoping to go see it tomorrow, the next day, right? But they wanted the offers, all any final offers by the end of the night. So what, what I'm seeing is kind of what we saw earlier, about a year, year and a half ago, where people are paying way over asking price. Uh, people are putting down their offer on a home that they might not have even tangibly went and walked through, right? Uh, and that's just, for me, it's an unsettling proposition. I know for many, you know, they feel comfortable doing that. I personally don't. But the reason why this applies to our topic today is because, you know, while me and my wife have done a really good job on our financially fit journey, and we definitely have money saved up and some of those things, we're not flush with tons of cash, right? And that's why this is important to talk about what they're proposing in the Basel Endgame proposal, because with, you know, banks requiring potential or banks having to keep more than 20% more of capital on, on books, that means that they're likely less to borrow to more uh, borrowers that, that might uh, be a little less advantage, right? Um, there, so what we used to always talk about when I worked in the credit union is there's A paper, B paper, C paper, D paper, right? And those refer to the grades that they give people based on what where they think they fit in their borrowing power and their ability to pay back, right? Obviously, A being like, this person is extraordinary, their credit's great, uh, they have a really good background of showing that they can repay their debts all the way down to D, where it's like this person may be working on their credit. Credit score might not be exactly where the national average is. Um, and maybe they have some de derogatory things on their credit that uh, cause some concern for giving out uh, a loan. Right. And um, this is especially important when we're talking about Basel in-game proposal, because uh, with that requirement of an extra 20% potentially of keeping capital on the bank's books means they have less money to borrow out to individuals. So they're going to obviously lean towards being more conservative and finding that A paper or that B paper, right? And maybe even C paper. D paper, they likely will still do some work in that realm. But what we know is that uh, if they're being conservative, they're going to be looking for that A and B paper, right? And, you know, what we need to talk about is who does this affect, right? Who does this Basel in-game proposal affect? Well, it affects first-time home buyers, right? And maybe underserved communities. Maybe they're not flush with a lot of cash. Maybe they don't have family or parents or grandparents or whoever it may be that can give them cash to be able to go out and put on, put towards a down payment. So they're hoping to utilize more borrowing, right? And use borrowing power to be able to get the money they, they need to purchase their first home. You know, you can think about small business owners who may be trying to leverage debt 
right? Debt is cheaper than equity, right? So maybe trying to leverage debt to be able to just make operations go, right? And, and being able to leverage that um, to, to turn some revenue. Um, maybe it might be farmers, right? We know that farmers have a lot of different equipment that they um, use out on their land for crops, for dairy, whatever it may be, right? Um, and what we know is that a lot of times that, that equipment is very expensive. And what we assume is that a lot of farmers might be using loans or leveraging debt to be able to get the equipment to then, you know, source their crops, um, maybe harvest their um, hay, right? And be able to deploy that out to sell it, right? And, and improve their operations. So when we think about this proposal, this proposal has a, has uh, the ability to truly affect a lot of different people from all walks of life. But, you know, as I was thinking about what I was reading in the Wall Street Journal, there was an article that came out about a month ago where they were saying the racial home ownership gap is widening, right? And what we know is that um, from a racial standpoint, um, people that are minorities in this country, maybe they're refugees, maybe they're people of color, uh, a person of color, uh, they oftentimes don't have the capital, right, to be able to take a lot of cash reserves and put it down on uh, a home. And we're counting on Bauer and Power to be able to get that money to be able to purchase that home. You know, in today's economy where there's a lot of uncertainty, uh, inflation is crazy, you can think about the day-to-day -day necessities that you need, whether it's groceries, gas, prices, uh, renting, uh, these are everyday things that we as people need, and the cost of those are really high, right? So you might find that a lot of people um, in underrepresented communities that might not have tons of cash reserves the cash reserves they do have are supporting those needs, uh, those everyday needs to make sure that they aren't using credit, right? They aren't using their credit cards to purchase groceries. They aren't using their credit cards to purchase gas, to get from A and B, right? To get to work. Um, they're not using credit to pay for their rent, to keep a roof over their head, right? Um, it, it's really a, an unselling proposition. So, Going back to the Wall Street Journal, there was a story about uh, a lady named Marcella, and she was really the article was talking about how she lives in a two-bedroom apartment with herself. She's a single mom um, and her two sons, right? One of her sons is a teenager. One of her sons is uh, maybe around four to five. I can't quite remember exactly the age, but um, for illustration, you kind of get the picture, right? And she was talking about how she lives in a community that not is not necessarily where she feels safe that her kids are playing outside and she's looking to move into the suburbs where her kids can play outside and they can get better schooling and all of these things right but she was talking about how you know she's having to work a couple different jobs to be able to uh, make ends meet and you know when you think about this proposal to increase you know, banks having to keep 20% more of capital on their books. You think about individuals like like Marcella, who um, might be counting on banks to have the borrowing power 
to purchase that home that she dreams of, right? You know, we always talk about the American dream, right? The dream of having a home, uh, a white picket fence, right? Big yard where your dogs and your kids can play in. And for some, with this proposal, it's going to make that dream feel like it's not much of a realization for a lot of folks, right? And what we know about banks and uh, for those that don't know, I spent quite a bit of time in my career in the banking industry. Uh, I worked at Spire Credit Union, which is now actually Blaze uh, Credit Union here in Minnesota. And they are one of the largest credit unions here in, in, in the Midwest. And oftentimes as an accountant and uh, analyst at this credit union, my job was tasked with measuring the interest rate uh, sensitivity, right? So when you think about the banking landscape, right? Uh, banks count on people to put deposits into bank, right? So that people go and put their deposits into banks. Banks leverage those deposits to be able to give out loans to individuals, right? Um, obviously there's many other realms of ways that banks diversify their revenue. Sometimes they take those deposits and they invest those deposits into the market. Um, to get a return, right, uh, and and set out a, uh, a ladder of maturity, so they're getting uh, deposits are maturing um, at different times, so they're not getting into a cash flow issue, right? But when you think about that, um, you know, if people aren't depositing more money into banks and now banks are being required to keep 20 percent more of capital on their books that is going to cause a large issue from a, a lending perspective right when i talk about the interest rate sensitivity right so when, when i talk about the sensitivity i'm talking about how when you put your bank or your money into a money market right uh let's say it's returning four percent right um, banks are often measuring what is the interest rate on the deposits. So the money, the interest that we're paying back to our people that are depositing into their accounts, right? Um, so the money that our consumers or our members in a credit union standpoint are earning, right? But then also from a lending standpoint, they're measuring the interest rate of the money that banks are making on, let's say your home, right? Let's say it's six percent right um what is the interest interest that we are earning from that loan that we're lending out to people and when you think about that piece and we talked about a paper b paper c paper d paper right you know when you think about c and d paper right there's concerns on whether or not individuals can actually pay back their debt right so when you think from a banking perspective people are thinking of banks are thinking about whether or not I am actually going to get that interest payment back because they don't, there's a lot of uncertainty, especially in this current climate economy where people are struggling, uh, whether or not people can actually pay that back and banks are going to earn money. So there are some very, very large implications for this Basel um, in-game proposal. And what I wanted to share with you today is this goes back to all of the principles that I talked about earlier in 2023. When you're thinking about your budgeting, when you're sitting down with your wife or you're sitting down alone, right? And you're 
putting your budget together. You're figuring out what are my necessary expenses? What are my wants, right? And you're figuring out what is my residual income, right? And you're thinking about with that residual income, what am I going to do with that residual income? Am I going to put it back into the marketplace and invest it? Am I going to put it into a savings or a money market account so it's liquid, but I'm also earning uh, some money on my uh, deposits? Those are the things that we need to be thinking about. And what I always say is cash is king because the more money that we can put into our cash reserves, the more that we alleviate that need to feel as if um, our borrowing power has has declined, right? Um, banks want to see that you have X amount of money in your account, that you have investments, that you have a retirement, right? Those are the things that make banks feel as though they have the confidence if something were to happen and you were having a hardship uh, that you could take money from those investments, uh, from your retirement, and you could use that money to make sure that your home isn't foreclosed on. So it's very important when you think about the grand scheme of things of how our economy works and our banks, uh, it's important to think about how can we continue to increase our cash reserves? Because the more cash that we have on hand, the less need there will be for borrowing, but also the, the it will increase our borrowing power because banks will feel more confident in our abilities. Um, I think the other thing to mention is that when you think about banks and you think about business as a whole, businesses are looking to increase their financial wealth and their financial journey as well to becoming financially fit, right? And having financial health. It's very similar to ours, right? Um, but we need to change our mindset to think about it in that vein as well, right? That we, our bank account, our checking account, is our business. It is our business. And what are we doing to make our business run as efficiently as possible, right? Um, that's the piece that I think we need to change or trick our mind into that ideation of how do I look at my bank account as a business to increasing my net worth and my financial well-being. So Hopefully today, um, you know, I encourage you to go and read about the Basel uh, proposal endgame. Um, it is truly something that I think that as a society, we need to stay up to date on the things that are occurring in our economy. And that is my intention today is to get you all to start to think about, you know, reading Wall Street, reading Barron's, subscribing to those things. So we can stay up to date on what is actually happening in our, in our economy, in our world, so we can be better informed on how we need to react to our business, our checking or savings account, right? Or our investments. So as I always say, the power is not in how much money you make. The power is in how much money you keep. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Happy New Year. And I hope that you all have a very fruitful and prosperous 2024. I am your host, Andre Creighton, and I will see you guys again in our next episode. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. It's important.
important to make sure your children have their COVID-19 vaccines. And here's why. The risk to them is higher. In fact, kids who are under two years of age and get COVID-19 are hospitalized at the same rate as people who are between the ages of 65 and 75 years old. The updated vaccines are approved by the FDA for children starting at the age of six months. Have questions? Talk to your child's pediatrician or trusted health care provider and ask for their professional advice. Take the steps to stay healthy in the new year. Resolve to make sure that you and your entire family are fully vaccinated in 2024. It's not just another day in your life. Things are changing for the better. At Comcast, we see those changes and we're thinking about how we use technology today to live, work, learn, and play. And we're building for the future now so we're better prepared for the wants and needs of tomorrow. That's why Comcast is rolling out multi-gig internet speeds to more than 50 million homes and businesses before the end of 2025, making our already industry-leading network even faster, smarter, greener, and more reliable. Over the decades, Comcast has been your partner, working hard to serve your community and we'll continue to be your partner. We're expanding our gigabits so you can enjoy the tiny bits that matter most. Unleash the power of smile for your team. Delta Dental of Minnesota offers coverage to fit your unique small business, leading to a better benefit package and a happier team. Visit deltadentalmn.org forward slash small business. You know Shaletta makes you laugh, but did you know Shaletta Brundage can also make you think and boost your business? Media personality, activist, and comedian Shaletta Brundage founded Shaletta Makes Me Laugh to celebrate and share the best of black culture. It's a podcasting platform. You can download 10 weekly podcasts hosted by African-American subject experts at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com is also a production house creating broadcast quality commercial content. And Shaletta and her team of storytellers create powerful promotional campaigns to get businesses the brand awareness they're looking for. Some of Minnesota's top businesses trust Shaletta, and you can too. Get out the word about your events and products and get in front of communities of color with ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. She's got the power to help your business. Are you a woman known as a good listener? Do you have skills in de-escalating situations? Are you what they call a people person? Then the Minneapolis Police Department would like to meet you. Now in a rebuilding phase, the Minneapolis Police Department is recruiting more women to wear the badge. The department offers career options for women with a high school diploma or GED. There are also opportunities for women with two and four year degrees who are ready to apply their skills in new ways. Police work makes a great second career for social workers, teachers, nurses. Women in their 30s and 40s are welcome to apply. There's no age cap. You'll be paid while you train and mentored by veteran women officers invested in your success. Minneapolis also welcomes current police officers to join the state's largest department. Make a difference on the streets, working in your community, 